No crying. There's no crying in baseball. card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. What's up, friends? Welcome to episode nine of Terrace Talk. And uh, this is a, a very special podcast. We got a uh, brand new intro music. Um, shout out to our friend, Sean Eaton, uh, fan of the pod. Um, he sent us this and was like, hey, uh, use it if you want to. It only took me a few minutes to put together and it was absolute fire. Um, so uh, yeah, that's the intro music you just enjoyed there. There's a lot of legendary brewer moments called um, by Euchre, Anderson, Rock. Um, so we, we were pretty fired up about that. So shout out Sean again on, on that. And then it is opening day week. So we got three more days here. Um, we're recording this Monday night. Uh, Thursday at 1.10, the Brewers will open up um, their championship season, 2021 summer champions um, against the interleague rival Minnesota Twins, boys. How are we feeling? I cannot wait. I am glad baseball week's here. I think every meeting that I started off today with at work, and I'm just like, hey, guys, Brewers start this week. Um, so we are amped up. It's Monday, and no one can really impact our mood at this point. Um, just get us to Thursday. I know they're playing a couple of final expedition games in Texas right now. Actually, uh, shout out Adrian Hauser. He's starting to, to come around to form. But um, just back to the back to the intro music here for a second. If you can listen to that without getting goosebumps, you're not a human being. I think I've listened to it probably 60 times, and every time I just got chills running down my face, maybe even a tear once or twice. Uh, the boys are buzzing and it's baseball time. It's actually my uh, Stairmaster uh, opening music. So gets the heart rate up a little bit, get the tears flowing. <laughs> um, yeah. Good fitness guys. Yeah. Hanson, I got to say that intro right there. My heart rate's like 135 right now and I'm like ready to run through a fucking brick wall. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, opening day is just legendary all the way around. Like, no matter what position your team is in. Um, but I think the three of us, it's, it's kind of crazy how this uh, sequence have gone from like our first podcast. If you listen back, just kind of like the man, we have really cool pitchers, but like we need to do a little something to what our team came into camp looking like um, with the guys taking new steps, steps forward from their poor campaigns last year. Um, and then the additions of getting our guy Low Kane back, um, getting Gold Glovers, Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr., who have played in a ton of meaningful games and really just put together professional at-bats has really changed the outlook of this team. I mean, we're talking about potentially one of the best defenses in the league. 
uh, one of the best run prevention units in the league, one of the best bullpens, uh, recently rated the number two bullpen in all of Major League Baseball, first in the National League, um, and a lot, a much improved lineup. Um, I really, I mean, it's going to be tough to navigate our lineup. So um, this opening day is uh, is got a little bit more juice under it than uh, some of the more recent ones. I think uh, obviously last year and. Um, even like 2019 uh, post our NLCS run um, this, this year, I'm pretty fired up. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you mentioned the, just the difference in opinions as to how we grew from spring training. I think I came into spring training day one, trying to figure out how we are going to be a 500 baseball team to now trying to figure out how we don't win at least 90 games. So to say that the optimism has built as we've went along between our additions the way some guys have hit in the off season, the competition that was, was had um, we're fired up. I mean, I think all of us can say that if we're not right there in September competing for the division this year is going to be a failure. And then ultimately trying to make noise in the playoffs, getting those bites at the apples as our boy, David Stearns likes to say um, there's a lot of optimism and I know every fan base feels that, but I think we have a legitimate reason to believe that this team is one of the best teams in the national league. Yeah, Hanson, I know we were talking about earlier today. Um, obviously, we were facing Kenta Maeda uh, opening day um, last year. Didn't fare so well. He threw, what is it, eight innings, no hits, um, broken up by our uh, old friend Eric Sogard. Um, yeah. You kind of mentioned of like the big league bats we got this year. I mean, we had Justin Smoke hitting cleanup for us that game. Mm. I mean, with the addition of Colton Wong, JBJ, I mean, even Travis Shaw, I mean, those are a bunch of big league hitters, man. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not just going like, to kind of like roll over. I mean, smoke was God awful for us, but <laughs> the dudes are just going to have professional at bats. Come us. on, dude. There's no need to chirp uh, smoke on his way over to the pan. <laughs> I know. I think, I think Mitch, you project, projected him at 35 bombs last year. <laughs> that was my bold prediction a little off. That <laughs> yeah. was, well, let's make it clear. It was before the 60 games, I, I think, right? I don't think. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was. But yeah. yeah, just last year thinking that our best hitter was Jed Jerko and nothing against Jed, man. He, he performed well for us. Does he even have a job, by the way? I don't think Jerko I don't think he does. How does he yeah. not? Right. He do like a 940 OPS against updated hitters for us. But yeah, that just goes to show the flip and optimism where it's like last year we relied heavily on Jed as the year went along. And now it's like Christian's going to be back. Avi's, you know, had an incredible spring. Our catchers seem to be um, having an incredible spring too. It's just, there's so much optimism right now. Yeah. So there's uh, our shout out, our guy, Will Salmon, again, dropping fire articles day in and day out but he had a he had a pretty cool one he like listed off like all the 40-man roster and like their takes on each player for the spring and there's a anonymous scout that was like hyping up Manny Pina and basically saying like no one looks like better both defensively and offensively than him at the plate right now like he's locked in Omar Narvaez is locked in like we were saying if we get like 30 35 optimistic looking bombs from our catching spot with great defense. Cause Omar's improved his, I mean, we just get, we can get hyped up at pretty much every position. Um, and here's me. I mean, I was, we'll see. I mean, shortstops are a weak spot. The left side of the infields are a weak spot and we can kind of segue into that conversation after this. Um, but our guy, Luis Urias has quietly put up a, a solid spring in the last few weeks. I mean, he's, yeah, I'm looking at the game day right now. He's hitting 324. He has a couple hits tonight. 
Um, so he's rolling and I think you would expect him to, to start opening day and get about two thirds of the starts on the left side of the infield over there. Yeah. And just to add to that too, it's, you know, between Urias, Travis and, and Arcia, the nice thing is that all three of those guys have, well, outside of Urias, even though Urias is going to get a lot of time this year, those guys have recorded a lot of major league at bats and they've all shown stints where they can be legit hitters. I mean, look at Arcia's playoff record and there's weeks where Arcia just can't get out. And we saw in 2017 and 2018, the pop that Travis provides. So I'm really excited to have multiple guys over there to allow one guy to kind of get into a groove and go out and win a job and potentially, you know, play some, some extended period of time. But yeah, as we start the year, it sounds like there's going to be equal at bats and equal opportunities for each of those three on the left side of the infield. So it's exciting times uh, for sure. Yeah, Mitch uh, um, quality at bats and like just good professional at bats and hitting in general is just super contagious. I mean, with the addition of those new guys, I mean, the younger guys kind of that struggled last year, I mean, Orlando played pretty well, but with like Urias um, wanting to get him going, getting him around those veterans. And I think it's only going to get better yeah. for them. I mean, it's going to be infectious. Yeah. Uh, to your point, I mean, adding a guy like Colton Wong can only help in pretty much like every facet with his goal glove defense and really mentoring. I was like, Orlando Garcia is still young. I mean, he's been our shortstop since 2016, um, but he's still a young guy, you know, in the baseball world. And obviously Luis Urias is young and he's going to be the, the kind of double play catalyst there. So um, yeah, I think the leadership and, We've talked about it before, but JBJ, the guys kind of gravitate towards him. So um, all positive vibes here going into opening week. And literally as this conversation is, is happening, Arcia just hit a ground rule double to score a run. So um, the boys are, are rolling. Um, he just hit a couple, two runs in right there. So, um, you know, we kind of tweeted over the weekend that the, the guys are hot, just bring them home. So they're, they're enjoying this trip to Texas and get them home for the week, the weekend. Um, cool. So we kind of touched on that. I mean, um, the left side of the infield, you know, at least early on until someone gets hot, earns a job, um, is going to be kind of a two-third split between Urias, Arcia, and Shaw, um, with Arcia being the one kind of alternating back and forth, and Shaw staying at third, Urias staying at short. Um, and we've kind of seen it all spring and kind of makes sense with uh, what we've been seeing here. So go out and win a job. Um, and I like our odds between the, the three of them. Right. Someone's going to get hot. Yeah. More than one. For sure. And they all, they all seem to play quality of defense. I think there's been positive reviews of Orlando at third and Luis seems to handle his own at shortstop. I don't know how great he's going to be, but uh, he'll, he'll improve with the more time he gets there. Um, cool. Another news, uh, I got my wish personal, personally, um, our guy, Freddie Peralta, um, announced as our number five starter, and it would seem that he's going to at least get, uh, a handful, potentially his most extended look, um, in the starting role. Uh, he beat out Josh Lindblom. Um, so the Brewers officially go Woodruff, Burns, Hauser, Anderson, Peralta, um, which you feel pretty good about that, especially if Hauser can, can throw the ball well um, and Peralta stays a little consistent and Anderson pounds the zone. So uh, we, I got my wish and I'm pumped. Um, Freddie fastball. We'll see the Cubs uh, three times in his first four starts. Um, so those will be pretty big games that he's pitching in in April. So I'm excited to see that look that he's going to give us. 
Yeah, you mentioned the Freddie seeing the Cubs in April and not just past the Cubs. I would say from an optimistic standpoint, April is probably going to be, at least on paper initially, is going to be our toughest month. So the boys are going to get tested right away. And if we can come out and playing good baseball right away and get through the month of April at or above 500, I really like our chances to take off once we get into the middle of middle of summer. Um, just touching on the rotation a little bit. Uh, Hauser tonight is through five innings. He's given up two hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. So um, that's some that's, right. That's a really good sign, especially because if there was one pitcher that struggled this spring, he was kind of that guy. But we all know the potential that he has with the movement, um, and you know he kind of busted onto the scene early on too, and, and kind of showed he had the stuff. So if Hauser can can bounce back to that form and be a consistent rotation piece you really have to like the upside of our rotation between, you know, obviously Corbin and Burns or Corbin and Woodruff are the two horses, but um, the other three all have potential and uh, Anderson being a contact guy um, with the new and improved defense in the up there in the DRS, you got to like, like his chances as, as well. So. Yeah. I'm super excited for Freddie as well. I'm not sure how many times he's actually faced the Cubs. I'm trying to look back through the game log. Yeah. Um, he so he when he started in the rotation really briefly last year he struggled in like the second game second series against the Cubs last year but it, dude that sixty game season was so weird I don't know how much stock he put into something like that yeah he looks like he threw like a total of like seven innings over like four games um, so yeah, nothing too extensive but I don't know uh, he's gonna be a really exciting arm for us for sure I mean I think he's a top of the rotation piece for. I mean, middle, I wouldn't say yeah. top, but like middle rotation piece for a lot of teams out there. So I mean, him at that five spot. Yeah. He's there. I mean, he's, he's appeared on pitching Ninja every single outing um, that he's had really uh, with that new and improved slider that he has. Um, yeah. He's got so much swagger and like happiness on the mound. It's like, he just like radiates energy out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Uh in other news, um, unfortunately, um, and we're done jinxing anything on this podcast, um, <laughs> Justin Topa uh, is going to be out till at least midway through the season with a forearm strain or flexor strain in his right elbow or something, right forearm. Yeah. Um, so I think he did this pitching in like a B game, right? Yep. And the thing, the thing that is kind of – I guess somewhat scary about that is he's uh, recovered from Tommy John a couple of times. And it's just like, I know the success rate from those surgeries is great and pitchers the most times and not come back, but it just seems like his body's really not, or at least his arms really not being able to hold up. So I'm hoping it is minor. He can rehab and kind of get back to what he showed last year um, because he, he did really come onto the scene and was a key bullpen piece for us. It's, you know, if there is some silver lining there, if there is a position that we could, I, I don't think we could ever really potentially lose guys. You just don't want people to be injured. But, you know, if there is a spot, you know, we, we're deep in the bullpen. So hopefully other guys can step up and see the opportunity and just kind of that next man up mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we're just uh, told by council today that Drew Rasmussen is going to be on the opening day roster. Um, it's something that the, the three of us kind of had penciled in the last uh, few weeks, but he's officially got that spot and he's going to, he's going to have to take a huge step forward. I mean, we're looking at using him in kind of that 
Brent Suter role, kind of that role that Freddie was in last year, potentially. Um, and I think he's got a big year on deck. And we have a lot of guys that can come up in that taxi squad and win jobs, stay in the big leagues, and it'd be really good. I mean, Angel Perdomo um, had an awesome spring. He's going to start in AAA. Um, and with Topa's injury, we were able to re-sign Brad Boxberger, um, who we released with Zimmerman, who I believe we signed as well, right? Yep. That, yeah, he, yeah, he came back on another minor de- minor league deal as well. Which is cool. I mean, that's good. I mean, we're gonna need we're gonna need starters like that throughout the 162 here. Not everything is perfect. We're not gonna use the same five guys um, the entire summer. That never happens. Uh, so who knows? Zimmerman might get some important starts down the stretch. Um, um, it's cool that we were able to retain them, keep that cool Wisconsin story alive. Um, but yeah, we got our guy Boxberger. So my bold prediction of him being uh, the seventh inning man still has some life. <laughs> it was it was completely dead for a second. They got revived, but we'll see. He, he kind of dropped the ball late in the spring, but uh, but yeah, we're here. Um, this is where our bullpen looks like. Unfortunately, that was kind of the that's the biggest injury of the spring was losing Topa for this amount of time. 100%. Uh, cool. As long as we sort of touched on the minor leagues here, um, there's an article also by Will Salmon um, kind of uh, kind of talking about where some of our best or better prospects will be placed. And Garrett Mitchell had another impressive week, really. Um, and it sounds like he's starting in a ball, um, which is kind of what we expected you guys have anything on, on Garrett Mitchell and his last week and his overall camp? I know there's a lot of quotes floating around about how impressive he was. I think there is some value, at least from being a Brewers fan, Wisconsin fan, if he does start in high A, which is based in Appleton. I haven't seen what the Timber Rattlers are doing in terms of fans, if they're allowing them into a limited capacity, I would suspect, if you know major league teams are minor leagues too. I mean – if you have a chance and you are in the Fox Valley area or willing to take a weekend trip up there, go watch Garrett Mitchell play. Um, it's, I mean, minor league games are awesome. They do a lot with interacting with the fans, obviously, you know, depends on COVID and that whole situation, but um, minor league games are worth the price of admission. Um, and especially if you get to watch a guy like Garrett Mitchell, um, I suggest getting up there. So yeah, if he starts in, in Appleton, I would be pleased because uh, I'll be taking a couple trips up there to watch him play. Couple of roadies with the boys to go watch our boy Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, dude. Some of the some of the quotes are pretty insane. I mean, like Council Stearns. Um, there's a quote out there floating around from a scout that he was like the talk of the Cactus League. Right. Uh, so I mean, he uh, he opened eyes. I mean, our batting coach, hitting coach Andy Haynes was like, he basically said it's it's really tough to come out there and exceed expectations. Uh, when you're a first round pick, uh, but he did that. And then some, I also saw a headline that, I mean, this is, this is, uh, these are things you love to see that uh, he knows and memorizes all 19 teams that passed on him on the, in the draft and uh, the players and the players too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it seems as if he's a, a fiery competitor and he, he showed out this spring. There's no, if fans or butts about it. I mean, that televised game on Friday against the White Sox, he got in and just cranked a triple over Billy Hamilton's head in center field. I he mean, was on, he was on third before it even hit the relay too. like the shortstop <laughs> yeah. had gotten it and he was already standing at third. 
Yeah, and that's over Billy Hamilton. So, you know how hard you have to hit that ball for that to clear him? And it didn't even hit the fence. It was just on a, a freezing rope, dead center. So, I mean, and the Brewers, unfortunately, someone needs to make this happen. Get stat cast at Maryvale, for Christ's sake. Because I need to see those exit belows that Garrett Mitchell had. He Because there was guys like that had – X amount of hits over 100 miles per hour. And I've, I think if every Brewers game was on StatCast, he would he would be the leader of that number. Agreed. <laughs> just just off of bat noise alone, when you watch those videos, you just know it's a 100-plus exit below when you just listen to the sound it makes. I don't even think he's gotten jammed yet. I feel like it's just <laughs> always on the barrel. It's, it's impossible to jam him. <laughs> yeah, it's too quick. His bat's just a full barrel. He's using a Beezer bat. It's just all barrel. <laughs> It's like that ugly, like off gray color kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, just different. Yeah. I mean, this is his first taste of MLB pitching. Went 11 of 29, a home run, six RBIs. He had three stolen bases. <laughs> so he played the equivalent of like seven games and had three stolen bases. So, you know, just your cool, like 70 stolen base pace. <laughs> and he's going to be like a 50 50 guy. He is fucking fast no lie though like 20 home run like 40 steel guy oh yeah yeah i was being Someone, slightly dramatic yeah 50 50 <laughs> just <laughs> he's better than mike trout <laughs> yeah that that brett gardner uh compare floor comparison that we saw earlier this week is pretty interesting i know we talked about that quite a bit um i don't even know where he'd put it like his ceiling at yeah, I think I used the Michael Brantley comp. I think prime Michael Brantley would be a pretty awesome comparison. I mean, Michael Brantley rakes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are good comparisons. It's He's a unique player, so it's not easy to find um, comparisons as to what his, you know, highest peak could be. Um, but, yeah, we're going to keep on dreaming on, on Garrett Mitchell, and it's going to be fun to follow him during the summer. Uh, our guys, Aaron Ashby and uh, – Ethan Small are going to start in double A, not too surprising. Um, we've talked a lot about Ashby being the 2018 Corbin Burns. Burns also started that season in double A, if I'm not mistaken, um, and kind of had the steady rise to where August comes around and uh, we're in need of a difference maker in the bullpen. Um, Ashby could be just that. Um, cool. Was there, Mitch, you, you said something before the uh, before we started recording here. Was there any other stories for the week? Um, no, Daniel Vogelbach made the team. Yep, Vogie made the team. But other than that, I don't think that – I think that was pretty much it. Cool. Well, yeah, Vogie made the team because the Brewers are going, at least initially, I'm, it'll be interesting when we do need the 13th pitcher, uh, what happens. But initially they're going to go 12 pitchers and 14 position players. So uh, it's looking like Billy McKinney is also going to make the squad um, as a fourth outfielder, a fifth outfielder, actually. Um, and he could play a little bit of first base. He's opposite hand of Keston at the plate. Um, and he's had, a, he's had a very uh, good spring. Um, and that is my parents' dog barking right there for, for everyone at home. <laughs> um, cool. So with that being said, um, we can, uh, we can kind of preview this weekend. So we got meaningful baseball games and by Sunday night, uh, we're going to have, we're going to have three real 
MLB regular season games to discuss. And this is a big series right off the bat. There's uh, there's no way around that. So I'll just read off the pitching matchups and you guys can take this any direction you want and we'll go from there. Um, so we have Brandon Woodruff against Kenta Maeda on Thursday, um, which is going to be an awesome pitching matchup. I mean, Kenta Maeda is really taking the next step after he left Los Angeles where Minnesota lets him throw more than four or five innings. <laughs> um, kind of the, the Dodgers, uh, you know, handling of pitchers. They typically don't let you go more than five or six unless you're Kershaw um, and probably now Bauer. But uh, he's been really good. He was really good last year. Uh, some will say that he got to face the NL Central and the AL Central, and therefore he's not as good as how he looked. Um, but he's he's a good pitcher. Uh, we got Corbin Burns and Jose Barrios, um, an absolutely electric pitching matchup. Um, debatably uh, a better one than opening day, um, depending on how things shake out this year. Uh, definitely, uh, maybe not, uh, you know, Woody against Burns, but two power arms there. Um, and all three of us will be in attendance on Saturday night. So I hate how the MLB does this because it's such a buzzkill. They give you that taste of opening day. And then they give like three quarters of the league off on Friday. It's brutal. It's brutal. I don't know why they do that. Does anyone like know a, how they do that? It's like a drug, dude. It's just reeling the common fan in, man. You get that taste and they take it right away from you. Yeah, so there's there's like four or five games on Friday. I guess we'll tune in, you know, watch for fantasy purposes, maybe throw a few bucks on some games um, and really mentally prepare for being in attendance for a Corbin Burns start to his Cy Young campaign. I will cry on Saturday. I'm just going to tell everyone that now. So, yeah, look at <laughs> minus, minus 10,000, all of us crying. Well, at least me and Mitch. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's going to be fun. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see you know, how they handle all the protocols and stuff. Um, personally, I haven't been to a sporting event uh, since COVID, not a professional one, at least. Um, I've yet to be, be to a Bucks game or go anywhere else. So that aspect will be interesting. Um, when we bought these tickets for those interested and haven't, uh, haven't bought any yet, um, they sell them in like pods and you basically like pick the section. Um, and I'm sure they just have like seats roped off. Um, so it was an interesting like purchasing experience, but um, it's able to be done. I think what's the capacity to start 20, 25. Yeah. I think it'd be like 14,000 ish people. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. It's exciting uh, on Saturday there. And then on, uh, on Sunday, um, the matinee matchup, we got Adrian Hauser who is uh, throwing the ball real well tonight. Um, he's uh He's been a little inconsistent this spring, um, but ultimately that doesn't matter once uh, the bright lights are shining. Um, so as Mitch Buss would say, he just has to puke real quick and he'll be good to go. My hot take, he's going to have a better ERA than Brandon Woodruff this year. So, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You did. That was one of your hot takes. Um, it could be, it could be, I mean, there's hype around Hauser. There has been kind of like the, it'll just show up like every like month or so there'll be like an article uh mlb.com various you know outlets where it's like all right here's a sleeper it's just a matter of when hauser is going to wake up from being a sleeper <laughs> i mean it can't get any worse than my hot take last year of justin smoke 30-ish bombs so we're, we're coming up from here i got good feelings about this one yeah i mean he he's still a guy like when you wake up the morning that he pitches you're 
intrigued as to what's going to happen. You're like, you're a little excited and you're like, maybe this will be when he starts to click. Yeah. We have four guys in our rotation that I legitimately like, I wake up, I'm going to wake up in the morning and be like, fuck yeah, Freddie's pitching today. Corbin's pitching today. Woodruff's pitching today. Hauser's pitching today. No disrespect to Brett Anderson, but he's just, he's not a fun guy to, to watch pitch. I mean, he's, he's a caught, he's a contact guy. I mean, I hope he pitches well, but he's just, he's not a guy I get amped up for. Right. Right. Is the other guys will pitch and it's like, it's flashes of being absolutely electric, like pick, pitching ninjas watching and tweeting out videos of them. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that I'll still get up for a good old Brett Anderson grinder of a start with some gold glove defense behind him. But you're, you're right. Four out of the five days, you're jacked. Yeah. Um, and just to re- well, just to recap the the okay. pitching matchups this weekend, um, the Saturday one, like you mentioned, is going to be something that I'm incredibly excited about, especially to be in person. But Barros is one of my favorite uh, non-brewer arms to watch. He has an absolute wicked slider, and I'm sure he will um, make some of our hitters look foolish. So that'll be a and, and we always say this: it'll be a two to one game, and then the offense is like wake up, and it's you know ends up being high scoring. But I'm looking forward to pitching ninja being very active on Saturday night for the Brewers twins game. Absolutely. You know, the series with the twins, they got a lot of dudes that can hit the long ball. I mean, especially at Miller park, we got Kepler, Donaldson, Cruz, Sano, Buxton. They're all projected like over 25 bombs. Um, most of them 30. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting with these power arms dudes that throw hard. Hopefully we're missing barrels that day. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to bop with them. So the, the twins lineup is is kind of uh, wild like that. Like, yeah, Cruz is like a, he's a star, but he's a DH, so he's not like a household name. But they kind of like you said, they go up and down that lineup. It's like 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, all home run guys that will show some pop. And I'm pretty sure they broke the home run, the major league home run record, like a couple years ago. I yeah, they keep, they, but, that like highlight keeps showing up on my MLB uh, TV app and it's getting really yeah. fucking old. Yeah. Same clips over and over again. Yeah, MLB TV needs to change that, by the way. Um, <laughs> for as much time as I spend on there, those same, like they have five clips that they go back and forth with. And it's, you're right, it's, it's very old. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I didn't mention this. And I think, Mitchell, you had something to say. Uh, but the Sunday game, we got a favorable matchup against Michael Pineda. Um, no offense to him, but he's a clear step down from Maeda and Berrios. Um, he's a guy that's only thrown in a couple games this spring. Um, I'm not sure if there's like some COVID or uh, potential issues getting back into the U.S. because I, I think he's a guy that's down in Venezuela or the Dominican. Um, but uh, he's he struggled a little bit this spring. So um, someday should be a favorable matchup where we can kind of take a breath a little bit um, and score a lot of runs there. Get one or two on Friday or Saturday. Um, you obviously got to like the chances with both Woodruff and Corbin, but if you get one or two and then win Sunday, the goal is always to win series. I know it's console will tell you game at a time, game at a time, but you win, you win 75, 80% of the series you play, you're going to be in the playoffs. So that's just kind of the goal. I know we all want to just win 19 games in a row and get absolutely hot. Um, but you know, just win series and, and we'll be there. I got this weird tingling going on that we're going to sweep this weekend. We're going to show up on Sunday for the episode 10 and we're just going to be absolutely buzzing. <laughs> going into Chicago three and oh, we're just going to be yelling into the mics. <laughs> we'll be talking about the magic number by April 22nd. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, uh, 
we'll talk about the Cub series on uh, Sunday night, but I think there's some favorable matchups there. I think they, they booted Alec Mills uh, to the bullpen um, in favor of rookie L- Adbert Alzale. Um, yeah. It was a pretty electric arm, but uh, it has some control issues and wasn't particularly impressive this spring. Um, so he'll be facing Freddie fastball. Um, we'll talk more about those matchups, but all in all, it's a big month in April. Um, you know, just worst case, keeping your head above water, staying around 500, uh, best case. I mean, you knock around some of these better teams that we'll be facing. Um, we obviously got the, I think we got the Cubs nine times in April. We do, which I feel like they always do. I feel like there's like the spree of games early, a break, and then a spree of games late um whatever I mean you're gonna play them 18 times no matter what 18 19 times so cool fellas um well with that being said we'll take a short break and we're gonna come back with uh some news around the MLB and then our preseason predictions around the league seatbelts on all right so we're back um if anyone's wondering why we take that like weird hiatus in the middle um, we're poors and our zoom, we, we're not going to pay. So we got 40 minutes at a time. <laughs> I did just a little inside the pod there. Um, but anyways, as we were going to break, uh, Mitch L wanted to get, um, some Cubs slander off of his chest. So I'm going to hand over the mic, uh, to Mitch L here. And to be fair, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are manipulating service time right now, but, um, the nice thing is that we see Chicago nine times in April, and we're going to be seeing Eric Sogard plenty at second base uh, compared to Nico Horner, who is one of their stud, young, up-and-coming uh, middle infielders. And he got sent down and will be down for three to four weeks just to manipulate his service time. Um, so, you know, seeing Eric Sogard consistently in lineup compared to Nico is obviously a huge break for us. Uh, but the second thing in an article was released today, and I almost feel bad for their fans. Actually, no, I take that back. I'll never feel bad for Cubs fans, but um, they got leaked. And I, I hope to God it was Rizzo because he's just so pissed off. So Rizzo for non-Cubs fans or people who don't follow the Cubs, Rizzo is like an icon. He's like the just the most golden human being you could be. He does so much for the community. Like he means so much to that organization. He's their captain. And the Ricketts family and Cubs uh, baseball operations team initially offered him a four-year, $60 million extension, and then ultimately settled, I think, at five years, $70 million. So to put it in comparison, he's about to sign a contract. He's a free agent at the end of the year. It's same range as Paul Goldschmidt. And Goldschmidt signed for five years, one thirty. So to put that into comparison, they offered Rizzo, someone who means way more to the Cubs, than what Goldschmidt means to the Cardinals, half of that money. If I'm Rizzo, I'm basically saying, fuck you guys. Like, I'm going to play this year. I'm going to do what I can, and then I'm gone, which is obviously, you know, them being our rival and knowing what Rizzo's done to us the last four or five years is get him out of the central. But it's just like the Ricketts family is one of the wealthiest families in ownership in all of sports. They, might, I don't even know what, if they were in, like, the top 100 for Forbes – and you're going to offer your captain, your icon, five years, $70 million. Like, that is just, if I'm a Cubs fan, I'm I'm maybe not even going to a game. That's how mad I am. That's like us, like, not extending Braun in comparison. And he still has plenty left in the tank and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw that article came out today, and I quote tweeted it and just said, you know, the Ricketts family's tripping over their own feet at this point. So, yeah. Um, you hate to see it. 
I have a. Uh... I have a lot of good friends that are Cubs fans and they're, they're pretty fed up. I mean, one of them's a season ticket holder. He's like, he doesn't know what to do with this season tickets. Like that's how pissed he is. Um, and yeah, I mean, to echo your, your statements here, I think Nico Horner was a little pissed off. He had a bomb today, three run bomb. And you kind of heard the Cubs announcers like kind of taking some hidden jabs at Cubs ownership, like as he hit the home run, um, so yeah, I think there's some tension going on there and, um, you absolutely, absolutely hate to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll do a quick trip around the MLB. Um, there's, there's basically just like roster and rotation news to some injuries. Um, unfortunately the South side of Chicago, um, Eloy Jimenez does not get along with outfield fences. Um, he awkwardly like tried to rob a home run and tore up his shoulder um, and will virtually be out at least until August, September, optimistically. So that's a big blow. I mean, that's one of the, the younger big names in baseball that was expected to be a, a big time contributor for a world series contender. Um, so you hate to see that. Um, Another injury news what was the other big injury that just happened? Oh, Luke Voigt. Uh, he tore his meniscus. I believe he'll be out until like May. Um, there's a lot of like smaller um, ones as well, but we'll kind of get going here. Um, the Mets, uh, uncle Stevie had a dinner with Francisco Landor uh, where they've discussed a 10 year, $325 million deal. Um, that's how you treat your superstars. If you're in a big market. So kudos to him if that gets done. And he just looks phenomenal in that Mets blue and orange. So all those photos that are coming out, he just, it looks great there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, right here, extension talks with Rizzo stalling, um, one of the headlines. Um, but yeah, Dodgers are still looking to fill out their rotation. I think it's between, um, you know, crazy enough between David Price, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin. They're going to have two top 50 prospects um, just hanging out in their bullpen in long relief. So, I mean, we'll talk about it here. Uh, we're going to go over our uh, preseason predictions with division winners, wild card, World Series, MVP, AL Cy Young, NL Cy Young, MVPs on each side. So we're going to talk more about the Dodgers and every team once we get going here. So, boys, did I miss anything around the MLB? Lance McCullers signed an extension for the Astros, another big name. Good for him. Uh, I'm a big fan of Lance. He's a very active Twitter user, um, very involved with Pitching Ninja. So glad he got it, especially because he dealt with some injuries and stuff like that. Um, the Phillies sent down Scott uh, Kingsbury uh, or Kings, Kingsley, mm. I think, um, who's kind of like a up-and-coming prospect. I don't know. He, he struggled this spring, but feels like he's going to be their center fielder. Um, but those are the only two that I wanted to mention. Yeah. A um, couple uh, twins signed Randy Dobnek, former Uber driver to a five-year, like nine and a half awesome million story. dollar deal, which is a cool story. Uh, he's kind of a soft tosser. Reminds me of like a right-handed suitor, just like kind of a weirdo that somehow is effective. Always has the handlebar mustache and the like rec spec goggles. And Yeah. And I'm sure we're missing some more, but I mean, this is a, a quick pod before opening day. We'll have, well, our trip around the league will actually have some 
star players being talked about um, with on-field performances, uh, which is going to be fun. Um, I look forward to that. Um, we're going to shift from the signings and hopefully shift away from the, the spring injuries to dominant performances, both at the plate and pitching. Um, and it's going to be fun to, to follow that throughout the entire league. So uh, real quick, before we go into our uh, predictions, uh, Josh Hader just threw like 10 pitches and three strikeouts in an inning. So uh, Hader's ready. Uh, get the boys home. <laughs> yeah. Our bullpen's fantastic. I mean, there's, it, it's awesome. Um, cool. So let's do this. We're going to go through, and Mitch Boss, you can start. We're going to go through everything NL first, and then AL, and then we'll do the World Series. So let's go with uh, the teams winning the divisions and the wild cards, and you can provide commentary as you see fit. Mitchell Boss, kick us off. All right, uh, leading off, we'll start in the NL East. Um, I don't think there's any stopping the Atlanta Braves this year with that young rotation they got, Ian Anderson especially. Shout out my fantasy squad. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the Braves are going to be really good. I think Freddie Freeman's going to have another good year. Um, Acuna, too, potential MVP candidate. That team's just a freight train, man. Cool. Yeah, keep, keep it going. Um, I think we'll do it that way. So just give your okay. playoff teams in the NL and then we'll give ours. All right. Uh, go to the NL central. No surprise here. Your Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, we talk about this team all the time. This elite level bullpen is going to win us a ton of games. Um, upper end of the rotation is going to be really good. Um, just kind of depends on the bats. Um, but I think we'll win the division probably close probably last final week of the season we'll get another brian anderson famous uh brewers clinching moment um that'll live on forever and probably be on podcast seven years from now um but we'll go to the nl west it's gonna be kind of a bloodbath uh between the padres and the dodgers uh i think i'm gonna go with the padres this year um kind of they got swept in the playoffs last year i know it was kind of a shortened season uh, but three game sweep Dodgers kind of kicked them around a little bit. I know they've had some bad blood, um, almost some brawls over the past like year or two. And they've been kind of looked at as the Dodgers like little brother. So I think the Padres are going to pull it off this year. I mean, everyone and their mom's going to be betting on uh, Dodgers to win the NL West. So put your money on the Padres, baby. <laughs> Love it. Love that. You got wild cards, the two wild card teams on the NL. Um, I don't have any wild card teams yet. Let come circle back to me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I'm gonna interrupt here and then uh, give my picks. Um, so this is uh, this is why we can't record during Brewer games because we just get <laughs> we get too excited, even if it's spring training. But uh, Adam McKelvey just tweeted uh, Adrian Hauser's Statcast numbers for his start. Okay. Um, so he allowed two hits in the first inning and a walk in the second. And then he retired the final 13 batters he faced while only throwing 77 pitches. And he topped at 96.2 miles per hour with his sinker. <laughs> so that's absurd. Um, he topped at 96 with a four seam fastball um, out of his 77 pitches, 36 of them were sinkers. And then he split 11 with the changeup and slider four with 10 seam and nine with the curveball. 
So he was throwing a healthy amount of five different pitches while topping 96 miles per hour with a sinker. So that will provide the juice for Sunday, friends. If you're not excited to watch Adrian Hauser, uh, tune in for that day game because uh, that, that has me amped up. And the train's leaving. I'm the conductor, and I'm telling you, we're leaving at 110 on Sunday. So if you're not on it, I don't want you on board when Hauser's got a sub-2 ERA going into June 1st. I don't want you on the, on the train. You're on on Sunday, and we're rolling. <laughs> Love that. Um, cool. I'll go through my NL. NL Central, the Brewers. I think the Cardinals are getting too hyped up. I've seen way too many graphics with – 18 of the 20 people on ESPN, CBS, et cetera, taking the Cardinals. They're getting too much hype for the one move they made up this offseason. Their starting pitching isn't as good as advertised. Wainwright won't be as good as last year. And their lineup isn't all that good. Um, so it's obvious I hate the Cardinals. Um, but I'm frankly not too impressed. Granted, the three and four, the top of the lineup is going to be tough to navigate with Goldie and Arenado. I don't think it's enough. I don't think their pitching is enough. I'm not scared of Ponce de Leon and fucking John Gant. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just not. Carlos Martinez is throwing like 84. Uh, fuck the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> they're not going to win the division, not going to get a wild card, and the Brewers will win the division. Yeah, this the updated uh, fan graph, Cardinals win-loss total is 76.9. I feel like that's plummeted in the past like month or so. I feel like they're up in the like up mid eighties with us. That's, that's smart, smart folks are catching on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that that was my rant. That's my Brewers hype train. We hate the Cardinals. We hate the Cubs. Have no pitching. Get out of here. Reds might sneak up, but they're the Reds. And Pirates are the most irrelevant irrelevant franchise in sports. You know they're going to end up with one of the two Vanderbilt pitchers, which absolutely breaks my heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before you go into that we have to also say if you're if you don't watch college baseball make sure you tune in when jack lighter's pitching he could have had would have had back-to-back no hitters for the first time since like 1937 um and got taken out because of pitch count so tune into vanderbilt baseball yeah their numbers are more than video game good i can't wait for the show to come out soon and i couldn't do that in in a video game. It's insane, man. They're both like six and zero with sub one ERAs. It's so dumb. That's yeah, like 0.38 and 0.58 or something. Yeah. Like good. Good luck. NL West. I have two teams coming out of this division. I couldn't pull the trigger with the Padres winning it. The Dodgers will be the best team in baseball is, uh, is it much as it pains me to say it up and down their roster. I mean, practically an all-star team. Everyone's been an all-star at one point. Their prospects are absurd. I mean, we touched on Dustin May, Gonsolin. Um, there's guys like Bruce Dark, Gratterall, um, Kiebert, Ruiz, or whatever behind the play. I mean, they have a loaded farm system, um, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Will Smith, Corey Seager, I didn't even mention, who might win NL MVP and absolutely raked this spring. Um, they're just so good. Padres, I have winning a wild card spot there. They're much improved. They have an electric team. Snell, Darvish, Chris Paddock got roughed up today. Um, I think a lot of their success will depend on Paddock and Denilson Lamette coming back from his injury. Um, so we'll see there, but I think they have enough fi- firepower to, uh, to get a wild card spot. 
NL East, here's my surprise. Um, and I've been high on them uh, for the last few weeks here. I have the Phillies winning that division. Um, I'm really high on that team. Um, and Bryce Harper, um, I'm going to go out and say it. He's going to be NL MVP. I know I'm jumping the gun on my, uh, my reactions or predictions here. Um, but Bryce Harper wins MVP. I'm just a big believer of Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. Um, I think they're going to pick up some guys uh, in the bullpen at midseason. Um, Alec Bohm, a prospect at third base, playing well. JT Real Muto behind the plate. Um, they just have a lot of firepower, and I think they end up winning that tight division out east. And then I have the Braves as the wild card for many of the reasons that Buss said. Um, they're stacked. I expect a huge bounce back from Charlie Morton. Ian Anderson's a stud. Max Freed, Mike Soroka, um, and their lineup is is pretty ridiculous. I mean, they have Austin Riley. Um, after all those stars that everyone knows, uh, Travis Darnod, ever since he's been there, has been awesome. Um, so. Those are my five. Um, so the big surprise there, I think, uh, would be the Phillies, um, the Mets missing the playoffs, and the Brewers, I guess, I think nationally would be the secondary pick. Yeah, Mitch, I think, sorry, let me jump in here quick. Yeah, that's a, pretty much whoever doesn't win the NL West or the NL East, the second place, both second place teams are going to be the wild card, right? I mean, I don't think there's any shot that a central team gets in based on the firepower that those divisions have. So you would think so. Um, obviously there's always a slim chance, but I agree with yeah. you in that, that aspect. So you guys are going to love my picks then. Cause I'm going big time different when it comes to that last comment. Um, so NL East winner um, is Atlanta. Um, I think they're going to just start to finish. They, they will have the best chance in my opinion to compete with the Dodgers um, this year from an NL standpoint that you guys hit on the lineup. Um, I'm a huge believer that Acuna is going to really bust out this year. Um, so enough said on the Braves. NL West, win, uh, NL West winner, um, like Hanson uh, Dodgers, they're just too stacked everywhere you look. Um, so Dodgers are NL West winner. NL Central, um, this is a Brewer podcast. Obviously, uh, everyone knew that all three of our picks for NL Central winner was going to be the Brewers. Um, we're just the deepest team and one of the deepest teams in baseball, uh, not just the Central. So um, Brewers, the Central winner. Wild card one um, is, is Buses Padres. Uh, they added a lot of firepower this offseason, even with Clevenger getting hurt. They are still, um, you know, a legit team um, and, and are going to be neck and neck with the Dodgers and my wild card two is my shakeup and I have the St. Louis Cardinals as my wild card two team solely because I think they're going to beat up on the rest of the central um, outside of the Brewers I mean they're going to be it's going to be a tough 19 games when we play the Cardinals too um, but I, I just don't think the Cubs Reds and obviously the Pirates are going to be all that good this year um, and I think St. Louis will, will take advantage of that. So St. Louis will get in as the second wild card team um, as, you know, those other teams in the East and West are just going to beat up on each other. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have uh, some different takes. Obviously I was, I was going a little strong on the Cardinals there. They obviously have some firepower and will be, uh, will be a con playoff contender for sure. Um, but just getting a little fed up with the, all of the preseason hype they're getting in the central. I think your hate for St. Louis is equivalent to my hate for Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That is uh, that's very fair. 
Well, I revealed my NL MVP. I said Bryce Harper. Um, I'll probably be putting a, a small bet on that too. Um, he's just electric. I love cheering for him for starters. And uh, I think he gets back to his uh, MVP form and absolutely pops off this year. Uh, an historic talent. Um, and the Phillies are going to ride him to winning that division in my prediction. So who are you guys MVPs? Boss, you want to go first? Oh, I was muted. Sorry. Um, yeah, my MVP, MVP got Mitch's boy, Corey Seager. Kind of gets lost in the shuffle in that superstar team the Dodgers have. I mean, he quietly posted like 152 WRC plus last year. His OPS was ridiculous, like almost 1,000. I mean, I think this dude's going to win the MVP. I'm only laughing because I'm pretty sure Mitch L will have the same pick. I, so I, I wrote down Seeger and then as soon I have two names because I was like someone's gonna take him so I can't so, I, I mean I'm more of just a Seeger fanboy and um want him to be a brewer next year really bad but we won't go there um but my NL MVP and I mentioned him before is is Ronald Acuna um I think he takes a huge step this year and the Braves get back-to-back MVPs um with Freddie getting it last year so uh, Acuna's my pick I just want to go out and say I was really close to picking Christian Yelich too, um, who has looked extremely impressive this spring, and he's going to be back to normal. He's going to be really fucking good at baseball. Um, for, the re- for the record, I did write uh, Burns next to my NL MVP. Burns, <laughs> LOL. So I know I had that hot take in the beginning uh, of the year. We'll, mention. I did we'll, not segue, <laughs> we'll segue that to NL Cy Young. Um I will put a bet on Burns because the odds are so good, um, but I'm picking DeGrom. Um, he's just silly good. He And a lot of this is like just the workload that he's guaranteed to get. Um, I think with like Woodruff and Burns where they're going to struggle in the Cy Young aspect of things is potentially getting too close to 200 innings um, to get there. They would have to be really, really good in their 160 to 180 max innings um, to overtake someone like Jacob deGrom, barring injury. So deGrom's my NL Cy Young, um, but I will say I'm throwing uh, a bet out there at plus 4,000 for Corbin to win that. Yeah, I mean, I think deGrom's almost a lock to win the MVP. Um, I mean, you mean Cy Young? Cy, Cy Young, my bad. <laughs> I mean, Burns is fun. I mean, you make a great point that we're not, they're not going to get enough innings. Um, whereas DeGrom is like guaranteed seven, seven, eight, every time out. So, I mean, he's just going to have a ton of stats, way more strikeouts probably just because the sheer amount of opportunity he has is a good way to put it. If one of you guys would have said uh, Walker Beeler, I probably would have just ended the zoom. So glad you guys both went with DeGrom. I'm going with DeGoat as well. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. He's just, he's one of the best pitchers, the best pitcher in our lifetime. Um, one of the, he will go down as one of the best pitchers ever to uh, play the game. So to goat is my pick as well. Former shortstop in college at Stetson. Always wild to think about that. Uh, barely threw any innings there, and he was converted as a, a pro. So it's it's just insane when you look at um, those photos from from his college days as a shortstop at uh, mid major school. It's just crazy, man. Baseball players can come from anywhere. Um, I'm going to do the playoff picks here. So um, I'll just do the NLCS predictions and I'm going with the 2018 NLCS rematch 
of the Brewers against the Dodgers. And ultimately, um, I can only take the, the homerism so far. Uh, I have the Dodgers winning in seven against the Brewers. Once again, um, either way that night, you could see us floating in the, the river. Um, <laughs> either of happiness or of just pure pain. I got uh, to mention my 2018 story since you mentioned that. So uh, that night I literally had planned to be like laying on third street like in the street just crying like my life is just like never would have gotten better and I actually ended the night ordering $35 worth of dominoes for myself and watching a Halloween Michael Myers marathon so life comes at you fast yeah dude I was at uh boss and I I think both were at a wedding that day and I just remember seeing that first inning home run from Yelich and like we're thinking like holy shit we're gonna go into the world series and then the wheels just fell off yeah but we don't need to talk about that because it's positive vibes only. Um, but ultimately, I have the Dodgers advancing in the NL. Uh, my pick, I'm going to have the Brewers matched up with the Padres. I got a lot of love for the Padres this year um, to go to the World Series. And the Padres are going to edge us. I mean, Hanson, you have it right. The homerism can only go so far. I mean, always rooting for the Brewers, but uh, I think the Padres are going to get it done this year. I think they got all the pieces together, got Tatis locked down. They're going to be really good. And I think they're going to put together this, put it together this year. And by the way, just for the record, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I do have a $50 bet to win like $2,400 on the Brewers world series. Um, So I just always have to do that just in case. So um, (laughs) if it does happen, I'll have a $2,400 paycheck coming my way. (laughs) Um. All right, so I'm going to be a little different than you guys. Um, obviously, I want the Brewers to win 162 games, but my prediction is uh, the Braves over the Dodgers in the NLCS. The Braves have been knocking on the door for years uh, or these last couple of years, and they're kind of getting to that point, uh, especially now that their young arms are starting to get that experience. So I have Braves over Dodgers in my NLCS. Cool. Real quick, rookie of the year, forgot to mention – I have Mackenzie Gore. Uh, This is kind of a a wild card one just because he's not starting the year with the Padres. Um, But this is the best lefty pitching prospect in baseball. Um, I think he eventually cracks the rotation and just takes off from there. So uh, Padres having a strong season. Mackenzie Gore will be a household pitcher by the end of the year. Uh, That's my bet there or pick there. Love that. Um, my NL, NL rookie of the year, got to go with my boy, Ian Anderson at plus 750, um, pitched pretty well last year, um, had 11.41 K nine. His FIP was like 2.5, um, which is ridiculous. Um, especially with that, uh, powerful offense they got, he's going to win a ton of games. Um, a lot of run support for him. Uh, Mitch, who do you got? Yeah, it'll be mine. will be interesting now with the news coming out today to see how long he spends at their alternative site. But uh, my pick is going to be Sixto Sanchez. Uh, that dude's changeup is filthy um, and is going to be one of the best changeups in baseball. Um, so I'm hoping that he can get up and start making starts um, as soon as possible because he's super fun to watch. So that's my pick for NL Rookie of the Year. I'm just laughing because Devin Williams just threw an inning and struck out the side. <laughs> so him and Hader both had one inning, three strikeouts. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's just going to be so fun. 
all summer long. Texas is going to have to take BP tonight again just to get their hitters like back in a positive vibe after just getting absolute fanned all night. Yeah, it's, it can't be good for the confidence. Just, yeah, like you said, just getting housed <laughs> by Brewers pitching like two nights before opening day. Um, cool. I think we're probably going to go, going to have to go through the AL a little bit quicker here. Um, I'll start. I got the White Sox winning the Central. Um, no wild card teams from there. I don't think the Twins, I don't think the Twins are going to be good enough. And I don't know why. Um, I think, I just don't think they're going to get the job done there. Um, Astros winning the AL West uh, with the A's winning the wild card. And that's going to be real tight, in my opinion. I love a lot of the A's young pitchers. Um, and their lineup, I think, is still going to be good with the departure of Semyon. They add Elvis Andrews. Um, and they still have um, Ramon Laureano, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, um, Sean Murphy behind the play at one of the more exciting young catchers. Um, Chris Bassett was really good last year and they play in a pitching friendly park. So you got guys like AJ Puck that I think is going to come up and be a difference maker there. Really like the A's this year. Um, Yankees, I have one of the AL East. Um, they're just really good. Uh, wanted to take the Red Sox in the wild card, but the Rays have just have a great track record of just piecing things together. Shout out Austin Meadows. Um, hoping for a big year from him as I have him in both of my fantasy leagues. Um, he's a really good left-handed bat. Uh, got traded to the Rays in the Pirates deal there. So uh, big fan of him. They have a lot of young talent. Randy Arozarena, Tyler Glass now. Really good bullpen per usual, um, and they just piece things. They're kind of like the Brewers, uh, a little bit better version of the Brewers last handful of years where they just – they're always there at the end. That's my playoff predictions. Um, I have the A's against the Astros. I ended up having those two face each other, so AL West teams facing each other in the playoffs – and I'm predicting a Oakland Los Angeles Dodgers World Series. So the the small market of Oakland. That's my uh, that's a very bold prediction. I don't think you'll see that any places. But uh, wanted to be a little bit different, and I like a lot of that team. Um, so I'm I'm putting Oakland there. So, boss, take it away. We got we got ten minutes remaining here, so we'll have to go a little quick. Yeah, I'll speed I'll speed it up here. Uh, AL East. I got the Yankees winning it. Uh, like you said, the Rays coming out in the wild for the wild card, uh, the Central White Sox, and then the AL West. Kind of a different look here for you guys. I have the Angels winning it. Um, yeah. Mike Mike Trout finally going to get it done. They got a couple of young, exciting arms. Um, Griffin Canning uh, is one. Otani, healthy Otani. I was going to say if you didn't mention Otani right there, dude. Yeah. Joe Madden's like letting him hit like clean up the days that he pitches right now. Like if all that clicks, he can be, he could be a, a dark horse for AL MVP. I think it's a kind of a popular pick, but I mean, he's, he's looked lights out this spring. So that's a cool pick. I like that one. I mean, they, they, their starters, Andrew Heaney is going to be good. Bundy. I mean, Quintana, if he can kind of return to form, um, could be an exciting team. I actually have them going to the world series. I mean, I'm Padres oh. angels. It's super bold, but, uh, Mike we, love, uh, we love the state of California. We have four different California teams in the World Series. 
And boss, we both went with wild cards with uh, the A's and Angels. So I love that. Licky, what do you got? All right. I guess I'll be the, the boring one. <laughs> I just couldn't go away from them. Uh, my central winner is the White Sox, kind of the young up-and-coming team uh, in the AL. Uh, we've touched on them quite a bit. AL East is the Yankees, uh, you know, top to bottom, probably the best team in the AL. AL West winner is Houston. I still think they have plenty of firepower. Um, Bregman's going to have a, a really big year. Um, and then my two wild card teams are uh, my wild card one team's a little bit different. I went with Toronto, uh, another really young, fun team to watch. Bo is one of the most exciting baseball players to watch, and I think kind of gets overshadowed by like Tatis and Acuna. Um, so Toronto is my one, and then I still think the Twins are going to be good. They have a lot of guys that can get can hit home runs. Josh Donaldson's back this year, um, so the Twins are my second wild card team, and then. Um, my ALCS is um, the Yankees over the White Sox. And then uh, my World Series is um, Atlanta's going to get it done this year. Braves over Yankees. Cool. Love, love it. Um, my rookie of the year is going to be Andrew Vaughn. Um, and I'm, Mitch Allen might have the same pick. Um, but with Eloy going down, he's going to get a big time opportunity there. And he just puts together some super impressive at-bats and I think we'll just rake. So Andrew Braun's my rookie of the year. That's, he's actually mine as well. Um, Love it. Are we going to sweep this? I think so. I mean, he's going to get a ton of opportunity out there and hopefully he's just going to blossom. I mean, exciting guy, future Milwaukee Brewer. So <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be different here. I mean, Vaughn obviously has a realistic shot at it, but um, my AL rookie of the year, and this is just the Wisconsin homer in me. And I just want this kid to be good so bad, but um, he'll be up after they, the Mariners stop manipulating his service time. But Jared Kalanick is my pick. Dude's just built like an absolute human being. Um, I, I'm excited to watch him play and, and hopefully he can go somewhere after um, Seattle's done messing with him and, and, get a shot in the playoffs and, and be legit somewhere after his six years is up there. Yeah. Actually, Heyman just tweeted that the Eloy Jimenez uh, pectoral tear was confirmed. Um, he's only going to be out four to five months. So not quite like the six to seven. Uh, good news for him for sure. Nice. By AL Cy Young. Um, I wouldn't chalk with both the Cy Youngs, but Garrett Cole, uh, just the workload, the electric stuff, power, 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Um, and he's just going to throw a shitload of innings, get a ton of opportunity to rack up those strikeout numbers, wins, all those things that those voters love to see. Um, so give him a slight edge over Bieber. Um, I think that'll be that'll end up be pretty, being pretty close. I'm going to go. Oh, sorry. Uh, my AL MVP, Mike Trout, along with the World Series run this year. I don't know how many he's won in a row. Dude just puts up insane numbers. He's going to have another great year this year. So hopefully he gets it done, gets a big deep playoff run in him. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I think you're distracted by your kid over there. Uh, but sure who's your Cy Young? <laughs> uh garrett garrett cole you had mine oh, yeah, the same one as well i mean i don't think there's anybody else that's really going to contend with him all right all right just want just wanted to make sure you just jumped the gun on mvp kind of like i did earlier so oh yeah he's fine. crying 
<laughs> yeah, no, no. If you got to jump, no worries. Uh, Mitch L, who you got? Al Cy Young. Uh, AL, my Al Cy Young is, and this is kind of a bit of a dark horse, but he's getting known as is Giolito, uh, the White Sox ace. Um, he's kind of a guy that has legit stuff and can put up big time strikeout numbers through a no hitter last year. Um, so, um, yeah, Giolito's my Al Cy Young pick. Perfect. And it looks like Bus left us, so we'll we'll round this out. <laughs> I'm fine. sure he's just getting screamed at. Um, <laughs> love to see that. Um, we got. I'm sorry. I'm a little thrown off by what just occurred. Um, my MVP. Um, sticking with the A's train, Matt Chapman. Um, I think he's gonna have a, a 40 home run, close to 300 average season. Uh, with Gold Glove defense at third base. Um, and just going to rack up the wins above replacement, which the ward has kind of turned into as of late, just the war award. Um, so Matt Chapman, also kind of a dark horse, but that's my AL MVP. Yeah, and my AL MVP is one of those guys that he just has to stay healthy. Um, and he's kind of getting – he gets more of the bump being in the big market. But this is going to be probably somewhat of a surprise. I have Aaron Judge written down as my AL MVP. Okay. Um, dude's got an absolute rocket out in right field. Obviously, can hit a ton of bombs. Um, and that lineup is loaded. So, um, obviously, he needs to stay healthy because he gets injured a lot. But Aaron Judge is my AL MVP pick. Yeah, I mean, such a hitter-friendly stadium. Like you said, he plays such a good outfield um, and hits dingers. So yeah. the key for him is just staying healthy for six months or even five and a half months, right. and he could he could easily win that award. Right. Um, I like that pick. Um, and then my – I think that uh, that actually concludes it. So we gave our World Series – did we give World Series winners? Yeah, we did. I said, yeah, I said Braves over oh. – Cool. I think we concluded. Um, so feel free to, uh, to chirp us for our picks, uh, bust our balls at the end of the year, et cetera. Uh, but those are our preseason predictions. Um, and like we, we've mentioned many times, we have actual baseball this week. So we'll be back someday um, with takeaways from the first series of the year against the Minnesota Twins. And uh, hope everyone enjoys this weekend. And go crew. Let's cook. Oh, baby.